What's up, everybody? Episode 67 of Something's Off. I think 67. I never, I, I don't know why I'm counting. I never remember exactly what the episode number is. Is that even necessary for me to count? You, you, I, I haven't heard any other podcaster count at the beginning, like mention the, the number of the episode at the beginning of it, like ever. They just kind of go into talking. I don't know if I'm just trying to be formal and it's just kind of me. Uh, behind this enterprise, but you like you never hear Joe Rogan go. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, yeah, man, this is a uh, episode uh, fifteen thousand one hundred and forty-two. Man, yeah, yeah, man, yeah. So, uh, what's it like at the Marianas Trench, man? Like that, you never, uh, you never hear him do that. But I'm here. I'm extra groggy right now. I haven't been getting a lot of sleep lately. I don't know what it is. Like I, I've always had trouble sleeping. I don't know if it's enough to call me an insomniac, but I've always had some trouble getting to bed. I just have too much distracting me. Again, it's the social media era where I'm, I'm just constantly looking for likes, getting that little dopamine hit. After dopamine hit, it just keeps you. You just keep craving it constantly. So I'm always up just on my phone thinking of joke ideas, kind of surfing, the, cruising the web. You don't hear people say that often anymore. I think, I'm thinking of bringing it back. But yeah, I just haven't been sleeping much lately. And it's starting to get to me. I think it's this post-pandemic thing. I, I want to get back into the groove of things after two years. I've just been kind of pent up in this, in this bachelor apartment, not being a bachelor. It's painful. But, uh, yeah, no, I've been extra tired all day. I didn't go out and do a set. I usually do a set. Like, Tuesdays is a big night. It's a big club night. I usually go down town, hit a couple open mics, try to get on the a, a club spot. But I didn't do that. I don't know. I'm just, I'm, I'm feeling like shit. I've been trying to catch up on my Better Call Saul. I'm only on season five. And I, I love that show. There's just something, there, there's something more simplistic about that show. You're just watching, you're watching a lawyer go bad in that. So it's it is like Breaking Bad, but with Saul, in a lot of ways, it's his own way of Breaking Bad. I just realized that. I don't know if that was the point or if I'm. A lot of the time, I I come to these realizations, and I think they're so brilliant. When in reality, I was the last to come to that realization. Everybody was just way ahead of me the whole time. But it's a terrific show. Like Bre- Breaking Bad is one of the it's my it might be my favorite piece of entertainment ever. I've rewatched the series 6 times. I've seen El Camino. I loved El Camino. I've seen that like 3 or 4 times. And because I'm such a fan of Breaking Bad, I almost feel like I have more of a right to criticize the show when there are flaws and there are flaws. Breaking Bad is basically Trailer Park Boys for adults. It's it's just a guy desperate Angry, sick, selling drugs, and he meets a, a a cast of colorful characters along the way, and they're always getting you know they're always doing these crazy schemes. And one of the things it, it became more and more cartoonish as the show progressed. I felt like Walter White. At the end of the day, he is he's a brilliant chemist, but he is not a diabolical supervillain. He fucking shaves his head like Lex Luthor. All of a sudden, he's thinking, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to orchestrate a 15-person prison hit in a two-minute time span, and then I'm going to rob a train, and then I'm going to create a magnet to uh, 
destroy an evidence room, and I'm going to do all of these crazy, wild MacGyver things. He became like MacGyver. He was like James Bond, like evil James Bond. And the writing is super convenient in a lot of ways. Like, you, you can tell that it was, it was contrived so they can make it just super interesting, right? You have this guy, he's a high school chemist. He's always getting pushed around by his kids, spitballs flying in his face, treating him like garbage. And then he becomes, he gets sick. He gets this cancer diagnosis at 50 years old. He wants to make some money for his family before he dies. And he starts dealing drugs. But wait, there's more. It just so happens that his brother-in-law is an agent in the DEA. Oh my God, it's interesting. It's like one of those shows. And then the, 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 the craziest part of Breaking Bad to me, and this, this is where I do honestly believe that it's a flaw, why a guy like Gus Fring, the owner of it, who on, on the surface is just an innocent businessman he runs a chicken restaurant he runs a chain of chicken restaurants why this guy is such close friends with the dea none of them none of them ever asked a question none of them ever asked a question before he became a suspect like but like before before the events of the show because he was just hanging around for years he was best friends with the, the chief there was like a monologue that he did closer to the end of the series where he's like, yeah, this was after Fring died, where he's like, yeah, I don't know, he used to come over to my house and and uh, we, we would fry sea bass together and we would just laugh it up all night, drink beers, order a couple hookers, like whatever those, whatever the lines were. Do a couple lines. Why him? Why not another guy in all the, all the different facets of law enforcement you have working with you, and then just a guy who runs a glorified KFC. Nobody finds that odd. Like nobody went, uh, you know, hey, hey, boss. Um, you know, we got we got a lot of people donating money to us at the DEA. Uh, we have uh, Hank Fisher over at the Albuquerque Fire Department. Um, uh, we have uh, Vincent Velasquez. Uh, over uh, at the uh, police department, um, we have a couple people from the FBI over here. Um, we have uh, we have Dale Frazier uh, at the FBI. He's he's always donating money. Th these guys are great. They support us. Um, has anybody ever wondered why this chicken guy is uh, donating money? I don't know. Does uh, is why why is he always so close? Why is he so quiet too? Why is he so quiet? He does. He doesn't speak. He just. He gives me the that 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 dead stare. He's always dressed in a in, in an immaculate suit. He's always clean shaven, and quite frankly, I'm I'm very intimidated by him. Oh, he donates money. Okay, why? Oh, he's just a super nut. Okay, all right. Well, I uh. I, uh, I guess we'll see him at the Christmas parties. All right, and not up for answering questions. Okay, I, I guess we'll. Uh, I guess we'll see him at the New Year's shindig. It was. Just, it's just a weird show, you know. Terrific show, technically, very like brilliant writing. I'm only goofing on it, but there are questions that pop up. You know, guys, guys like Jesse, and this is another thing. 
I'm starting to, I'm, I'm really undressing my, uh, my favorite TV show here. But guys like Jesse are never winners, right? They, they don't get away clean. They, they don't just find like a cleanup guy who can change their identity overnight and then move them to another country under like some weird witness protection thing. They, they don't, they don't, it doesn't end like that. Guys like Jesse either end up dead or in jail or just at the, just at, at the bottom of society. And it's sad, but it is true. I've never, believe it or not, I've never been around methamphetamine. I've been around some people who did the, the chachi, but I never really did, uh, I, I never did, I never did the chachi, I never did any of that shit, because I, I always, I always knew what my personality was like, I would have flipped under that shit, but I remember seeing a lot of people do it, and none of those guys were Jesse Pinkman, I mean, they were, personality-wise, they would call everybody bitches, and worse, they would, they would say terrible things, they would do terrible things. They would steal money. They would steal the clothes off your back. They were just crazy. By the way, none of these were my close friends. They were just people that would just be around bars, you know. My social pipeline, I always tried to keep a distance from them, but you would start kind of getting to know them, who they were, and none of those guys are, are living the fate of Jesse Pinkman on that show. And this was in Mississauga, everybody. I can only imagine what it's like really in places like Albuquerque, New Mexico, or Chicago, or, I don't know, Gary, Indiana. Like, just any of these crazy places. Winnipeg, Manitoba, probably worse. I'm going to have to go back to Mississauga this month for Easter. And uh, I don't know how to feel about it. I go, I always go... I, I rant about Mississauga and my, my suburban upbringing quite a bit on this podcast, and I do it on stage as well, but it, it is legitimate. I mean, it it is just a desolate hellscape of nothing. It's just houses, parking lots, corporate headquarters, a movie theater, and then that's it. And then you just, it just, it repeats itself. It's a very weird pattern there. Mississauga is just a giant mall. It's just a, a city if it was a food court. It's nothing but you got your McDonald's, you got your Subway, you got some miscellaneous taco place, you got a miscellaneous uh, Asian food place. It, and it's not even Chinese or Thai. It just says Asian food. Like, we've, we've just got it covered. They, they never really specify, which I think is vaguely racist. I mean, there's there's plenty of different Asian cultures, but they're like we just we've it's just Asian food, and be happy with it. I mean, is it possible for a place to be both boring and utterly insane? Because that is Mississauga in a nutshell. That's how I would describe my upbringing in my my hometown. I remember there was this place we would always go to, me and my friends. It was called the South Common Mall, which is still standing for whatever reason. I guess these condo corporations, these places that are making these buildings, they, they probably look at the South Common Mall and go, this place is already condemned. Let's just leave it. The, these apartments that we build, they're probably going to be haunted. Nobody's going to want to live in them. Let's just leave this place be and let it rot. But I remember the South Common Mall, it was right across the street, right just like a f- five-minute walk from my high school. And it had a food court there with all this you know different stuff that you could get. So me and my group of friends, every lunch hour, we would 
walk from school to the South Common Food Court. And all you would do is just walk a pathway two minutes past the community center, and boom, you'd be at the mall. And But you had to walk through the South Common bus terminal before you got in. You just opened doors and you'd be in the food court. But that bus terminal, what a colorful cast of characters that was. I mean, there was this lady I would see every now and then. She had a television in a stroller. TV in a stroller, just casually just walking, TV in the stroller. She probably traded the baby for a, a nice, cheap Toshiba. I mean, when you're desperate, you're desperate. You, you got to do something. I mean, you know, capitalism. But I, I remember even after graduating, I would see her there sometimes with the, the, the tele. Like, I don't know. She, it, it had been there so long, she probably got the TV working. I mean, talk about convenience. You, you, you know, you just wait for the 520 South and smoke a big fat bowl and watch Squid Game. Luxury beyond our wildest dreams. Fucking iPhone, you know? But I remember in the food court and just talking about weird places, food places that we would have. There was this place at the South Common Mall called A1 Donuts. It was a cornerstone for stoner orphans. Um, But the A1 Donuts, it was famous for this thing that we would always get. It was this delicacy. It was called uh, Patty on a Bun, which is a Jamaican beef patty with mayonnaise, lettuce, in between a bun, served to children. It was just death and cholesterol and heart disease in between two pieces of white bread. And guess what? Me got it every day. It was two fifty. What did you expect? I was a frugal gentleman at fourteen. But I got it I got it almost every day for like a four year period. Let's just say didn't make the basketball team. But I remember A1 Donuts, it was run by, and this is what was special about it, all the other store owners were dicks at that mall. All of them were just terrible. They would just kind of like, you know, give you the, the stink eye, whatever. But A1 Donuts, it was run by this, this elderly Korean couple. And they were very friendly. They were very welcoming. They'd always come in. But I remember the husband had a finger missing on like his right hand. And it was, it was terrible. But it was, you know, we were kids. So when he would hold his hand out, it would scare us, right? So I remember, and again, I will tell this story, but I will not do the accent because I know it sounds offensive coming from me. So I'm going to imitate the husband. But just for the sake of the story, I am going to give him an Australian accent. Okay, how's that for shits? I'm just going to talk like him in an Australian accent. So we would go up to the counter. We would order our usual patty on a bun, me and my buddies. And he would stand by the register. He would open it up and go, one patty on a bun, two fifty. And he would hold his hand out and no finger. And you would just go, whoa. And you would jump back. It was like a horror film. I mean, like I, I heard this girl one time say, because she was, she was from out of town. She was from out of the city. And she comes here. She's like, I feel like I'm stepping into a, a different planet, into a different dimension when I come here. I don't know why, but I just feel that way. And I knew exactly what she was talking about. You can't really explain it, but it is just a different vibe. It's just a, it's just, Mississauga, it's just a desolate place. It's like the Great Plains if there were Coke dealers. Very, very peculiar setting. It's also fucking weird. Uh, I don't really know what else I want to talk about. Uh, I'm just trying to get my life together, man. I'm trying to get shit together. And, you know, I, I, I fuck around on here. And I, uh, 
I talk a bunch of shit. I'm usually not serious about a bunch, but I, I am really thinking of making a change. I don't know if it's moving from my place because I got a decent place. I got a, it's a steal in this city, right? I don't want to give up my apartment that's relatively affordable and then find myself in a deeper financial hole all because I just decided to do a, a, a fucking Julia Roberts and whatever finding herself movie and, and be free and discover me. I don't want to be that guy. I should just move to Tuscany. That's what I think. Yeah, that'll be a, that that's within my uh that's within my budget. I'm going to move to Italy and just spend time basking in the sun and search for my soul. That's what people my age do. That's what men my age do. We visit Europe and we find ourselves. Who was the first person to find themselves? Who was the first person to actually coin the term, I found myself? I guarantee you that it was a white woman. I guarantee you that it was a white woman. She was just trying to make it as a beat poet. She went to Thailand one time. She saw a fucking sunset. And she just went, I think I am an angel. And then she came back. Everybody was like, "Oh my God, what did you do? Did you did you go, uh, you know, searching in the the jungles? Did you go cave diving? You know, did you go swimming? I found myself. What what do you mean you found yourself? I just, I can't explain it. I'm not trying to trash white women. That's like every comedian's thing now is that they just want to go after white women. It's just such a hack, easy target thing that everybody wants to do. So shame on me for doing that. I'm slapping myself on the wrist. Just kind of came to me. Maybe I am a hack. Who knows? Oh, man. I don't really know what else to talk about. I never really keep note. Like I have maybe a list of things I want to discuss, but that's that's about it. I'm trying to get a film underway. We're trying to shoot for June. I, I'm making it a tradition now. The last couple summers, I've shot a movie. I'm trying to do one this year, but it's longer and it has dialogue for the first time. And that's an undertaking, man. I got to find actors that actually want to speak on camera that are extroverts, that use the back of their, their throat or whatever, whatever the terminology is in acting. Because some people, they have sort of a monotone. They use the front of their throat. And then the, the people who are more effervescent, if you will, they, have the, they use the back. So it's difficult to do that. And then I got to pay these people. I got to feed them. It's probably going to be whatever rap I can find that they're throwing out at McDonald's. No, I'm kidding. I'm, I'm, I'm actually going to legitimately treat them well. I do have to get someone to do their own stunts, though. I'm, I, there, there's a car crash scene, and I can't afford a stuntman. So, may have to oom a Thurman this one, somebody. Also a joke. Also a joke. Uh, yeah, but it's, it's difficult, because I gotta, we want to do like a horror movie with that ends like in a violent, sort of bloody death. Like, sort of like a B-movie style thing. And I gotta find an actor, I gotta find like fake blood, I gotta find all this shit. And it's it's gonna be uh gonna be a task. There was a thing called car hopping that was popular in 
the mid-2000s. People obviously still do it, but it was big in my area. There were kids who would basically just go up and down the streets at nighttime. Usually on a weekend, it would happen to people. But you would, I, I guess these kids would get like three or four, it was usually dudes, dudes together, three or four of them. And then they would just pick a street, pick a random street. A lot of the time it was ours. A lot of the time it was the streets nearby. But you would always hear stories. And what they would do was they would basically uh, go up this street, up to each and every driveway. Sometimes they'd skip a couple to be you know, less bait. But they would go up the driveway, try to open the cars to see if they were locked. And any car that was open, they would just gently go inside. And just kind of pick around to see if they could find valuables and take them. And like a lot of these guys, like they would take like sometimes thousands of dollars worth of shit. And I remember it happened to my dad one time. And my dad's whole solution was, he's like, I'm not going to call the police. I'm not going to call the police. I'm going to settle this on my own. Because again, he was from the 70s, Irish Catholic family. His dad was kind of the same. So I remember... It happened, and it kept happening on the weekends, and my dad accidentally left his car door open, and he goes, next week, I am going to catch these fuckers. So my mom, Saturday morning, it's it's maybe 4 a.m. That's when a lot of these kids came around. My mom hears something from downstairs. She goes down to investigate. She sees my father sitting by the window with his video camera and a hoodie on, like, he's, he's the guy that is going to solve this caper. He is the man who is, he's, he's the Serpico of Aaron Mills. He is going to, he is going to single-handedly put a stop to this villainy. And the kids didn't show up. I wish that there was a crazy climax, but the kids never showed. <laughs> they probably heard, you know, there was a mysterious figure up ahead they speak of him he sits by the window in his hoodie and he just becomes like an urban legend something's off with alex dewitt this is uh i guess yeah episode 67 whatever it is whatever it could be 97 could be a thousand i don't know i i, I have no sense of time after this pandemic get me on instagram something's off alex dewitt get me on tiktok get me on twitter uh, I'll be posting stand-up dates and all kinds of shit. If you're in the city, you can come out and watch the show. Uh, if you're in and around the GTA, Niagara area, I'll be doing shows out there. I'm, I'm trying to expand, everyone. There it is.